we have been traveling through the churches in Revelation, and uh, we are in the fourth church, the church at Thyatira, and uh, we have been talking about getting real with Jesus, and really what we're saying in this, I want to flip it, and that is allowing the Lord to get real with us. Amen? Do you want to know exactly what God is saying? Or do you just want to hear those things that make you smile? You know? So we want to hear exactly what God is saying to the church, exactly what God is saying to us. And so today, we want to continue in this teaching. And I, we're in Revelation 2 and 20. We're going to talk about getting real with Jesus, surrendering control. Uh, and I'm going to, I really want to add this to it. Somebody say cleaning house. Yes. Cleaning house. Uh, praise Jesus. Um, and we're going, somebody's going to know exactly what I'm talking about when I read this opening. In Revelation 2 and 20, we'll focus a great deal. But I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. That's heavy, isn't it? Come on, say that with me. You need to get this out. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman, Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess. Is there anyone in the room named Jezebel? Is there anybody? All right. Anybody? Right, there's certain names you just don't name your kids, do you? Like, no, I'm going to name my kid Benedict Arnold. You, you just don't. You know, hey, Hitler would be a good name. No, not a good name. Right? Uh, you're just not going to do it. You're not going to. Because of all it represents. Because sometimes you, d you don't know what the name represents, but the life, right? The life will define the name. And there's, there's a lot of names that you have. You know, I, names are so different now. You know, I mean, used to be there's like, you know, when, when I was born, my name is Rick. It was like, a million kids got named Rick that year, I think. And, uh, and you know, it's a good name, sure, for Richard. It has some strength to it. But here's the, here's the reality. How you're living your life will define your name. All right? It will define your name. Uh, if I say Michael Jordan, does anybody have a definition for that? Does anybody, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's just a, an amazing, amazing basketball player. Considered the greatest of all time. And uh, we watch that. So if anybody says that, you immediately think it. When I think about Jezebel, when I say Jezebel, some of you may know what this means. Some of you may not know what it means. Now, let me just say at the beginning as I go into this, uh, this is not about men or women. This is about a spirit. Can I get an amen from somebody who knows where I am? So, and, and some things just need to be cleaned out. I got so many notes here and I'm just going to, I'm just going to trounce all over them. Okay. So, um, we're going to talk about the church at Thyatira and, uh, anybody here last Sunday? I mean, Sunday, last Sunday was amazing, wasn't it? Uh, Wednesday was amazing. Diana mentioned the children singing. We were just packed. Family's here. Yes. Welcome my brother. 
we were just packed last Sunday. We celebrated the ministries of the church. The platform was overrun with individuals as we had our ministry parade. It was amazing. Uh, we have so many new people in the church. Uh, since September, we have received 50 new members at Freedom Fellowship. You want to praise the Lord for that? Uh, it's, it's also awesome to welcome broken people, right? And those who need healing in their lives, walking people through healing and wholeness. That's what we do. But at the same time, here, listen, at the same time, when it comes to brokenness, and I, and I use that, you know, I'll hear, I'll hear stories about people and somebody will tell me about someone that has done such and such, and I'll say, wow, those people are so broken. They're just so broken because... Uh, what manifests on the outside often has to do with what's going on in the inside. It's the things that you don't want to talk about that really speak the loudest. Amen? Amen? Those of you who've been in kinship, you would agree. You know, Cliff, when he was opening up kinship, you reminded everybody, you know, it's the secrets of your life that really speak the loudest. It's those things that you don't, you don't want to talk about. But, but here's, let me, let me take you further in this because... Not only do you have people that are here and they're broken, so what am I going to do about my brokenness? You also end up with people in a community that believe that they have arrived. And there is nothing anybody can tell them. It's the unteachable crowd. Come on. When you get to that place where the preacher ain't got nothing to say to you, and you've already read the Bible, when you just as soon browse Facebook, then talk face to face with God. When the worship don't matter no more, when the songs, oh, I know that song. I've sang that song a hundred times. You know, come on. And you just kind of float through, but you have so much to say. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. It, it, it can actually become a problem when people proclaim they are filled with God when in actuality they're filled with the devil. Jezebel. I'm preaching about Jezebel today. The book of Revelation is not just about the last days, but also about the struggles of the church. When Satan cannot destroy, what Satan cannot destroy outwardly, he will attempt to destroy inwardly. And so in our teaching on the church at Thyatira, that's exactly what's going on. My purpose today is to make sure that while we are doing well, we do not ignore the tactics of the enemy to destroy our church family and our homes inwardly. To become viral. How many know the enemy is like a virus? Anybody know that? And, and so we're going to talk about that and take a look at, the, at this letter. And let's look at the opening of it. Because Jesus, first of all, he wants to celebrate his good church. So uh, in, in, in Revelation 2, to the angel of the church at Thyatira write, and again, uh, the messenger. He wants, he wants the pastor, he wants the leadership to know what's really going on. And this is a letter from the Lord Jesus. And he says, the words of the Son of God. And he just gets wide open right there. Sometimes it seems uh, kind of questioning, okay, who's saying this? Who, who's talking here? The Son of God, and he said, whose eyes are like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works. 
I know your works, your love, and faith, and service, and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. Okay? Now, now catch this. Listen, Jezebel, what he's saying here at the beginning, he's not talking to Jezebel anyway. Because just because you're in the church house doesn't necessarily mean you're part of the church. All right? Uh, you go, are you are you part of the church? Yeah, I go, no, no, no. And again, just because you're in an air, airport doesn't make you an airplane, okay? Just because you're in the operating room doesn't necessarily mean you're the surgeon. You get this? And, uh, and, and he, he opens this up and he says, uh, and he, he gives some, description, some descriptive words. Eyes like flames of fire. Eyes like flames of fire. So the Son of God has eyes like Flames of fire signifies his piercing, penetrating, perfect vision into their lives. Listen, you may think he doesn't know, but how many know he knows? He knows. Jesus has complete knowledge, complete insight into the very hearts and actions of man. He is, listen, Jesus never scratches his head. He never tries to figure you out. He's not sitting there, one of these days I'm going to figure out what motivates you. No. He has piercing eyes. His eyes are like flames of fire. Burns right through all of the facade. Come on. And, and his feet are like fine brass. His path is fully holy. Totally polished and ready to walk into any field no matter how hot, no matter how violent. He, he, his steps are are forward steps. He steps forward to judge with perfect wisdom and he acts with perfect strength and steadiness. He says because there are issues in our lives. As much as we want to argue and rationalize our position and our sin, there must be someone who can give the final answer. In the world, you have confusion and brokenness. You have theologies. You have opinions. You have traditions. Jesus, however is the way and the truth and the life. He doesn't say, if you love me, live however you want to. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. You say, well, I love Jesus. I just don't do what he says. You don't love me. That's what Jesus says. I love, no, you don't. And in Acts 2.38, he speaks clearly on baptism. Peter, Peter says, repent and be baptized Every one of you, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promises to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So he's saying, I want you to be saved. I want you to repent, because if you repent and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, I will impact your children and your children's children. I'll, I'll send this right through your generations. So the opening words declare that Jesus has the final word. Jesus doesn't have the final opinion. Jesus doesn't have a way of salvation. He is the way of salvation. He's not giving you an option. He's not saying, well, here's A, B, C, or D. He's saying this is the way. This is the only way. 
He does, how, many, how many are thankful Jesus doesn't beat around the bush? Anybody thankful for that? He does not beat around the bush. Anybody understand? Anybody ever say, what does beat around the bush mean? What does that mean, that you beat around the bush? It's a, it's a hunting term is what it is. It's a hunting term. It is that, you, that a hunter would hire individuals to go and go into the bush, climb the tree, and shake the branches uh, in order to get the birds to fly, kick, climb into the bushes, and get in order to get the prey to run out. That's what they were supposed to. But there were those that you hired that would not do their job, and they would just stand around the tree and beat the ground. Don't expect, come on, don't expect Jesus to beat around the bush. He's going to come straight to your heart. He's going to shake, come on, he's going to shake the branch that you're hanging out on. I just thought I'd say that. So, And um, I, I like this. I, anybody else love this? Uh, I like that Jesus is very clear. I like that he knows. It's kind of like football. I like, I like the idea, and here's the thought. If you're going to score to the end zone, right? You say, well, you got close. That's not what we're talking about. He says, this is what I want you to do. These are the things I want you to deal with. So, uh, you know, I, I thought it was cute. I remember years ago we were at a flag football game. A little boy grabbed a football and ran to the other end zone. And everybody was cheering. And it was cute. But he still didn't score. Right? So um, here's, here's Satan's strategy. He wants to keep you from the end zone. He wants to confuse you regarding where the end zone is. Satan is a liar and the author of confusion, right? So uh, what we're, we're going to see here in this beginning of the celebration of the church, uh, how many have ever uh, received a report card before? And do they still get report cards? Okay, so I didn't know if they throw those things away or not. I, I've heard about them. And uh, report cards, now the report cards I have had letter grades, and then as I got older they had, uh, they had uh, numbers, right? You got numbers in, in your class. And then, uh, then they, they used to, evidently, report cards shouldn't have gotten uh, passing grade because they didn't know the alphabet, because it was always A, B, C, D, F, all right? And, uh, right? So... Evidently, they fixed it, and now it's an E, okay? Is that true? Is it an E now? Because, no? Okay, because the reason F was F, because F was to stand for failure, all right? So, uh, and, and, I, and I get this, all right? I get this. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute, okay? Uh, but uh, in, uh, in, on report cards... We have, the reason we did away with F is because you don't want individuals to feel like what they're doing is, is an exercise in futility. It, you know, when you got a C, you know, I, anybody was like this with your parents, if you got good grades but you got one that was a little lower, it's like, that's all they saw. That's it. And you would say, why didn't you notice all the others? And, and here's the reason, there's a, a purpose behind this. The purpose behind this is because if you get... A's and B's and other things, but you are failing in reading, uh, it doesn't matter how good you do in these other things. What we want you to do is to be complete and to be whole, right? So, so I understand uh, when I look at this, uh, some of the struggles, you know, when, when, when I was 
uh, boy, I got, I got really good grades. I got good grades in school and high school. I got really good grades. But I always, they used to have a grade for penmanship. Anybody remember that? For writing, all right? And I, that was always my worst subject, all right? And, but my problem was that I always thought faster than it, my pen could keep up with me. And I needed to slow down. And when I would slow down, I could write very clearly. Okay, I'm done with that. Now I have a computer, all right? But... Uh, uh, but I, I do recall saying, am I ever going to do well? Am I ever going to do, do better in this? So now we're in an age, and I'm going to preach bad about this, okay, where everybody gets a trophy and everybody gets a ribbon. And, uh, and, and, I, and I, to a point, I understand that. I get that, that we want people to understand we're glad you showed up. We're glad you participated. But at the same time, don't you think it's important to know if you're failing in some area? Anybody think that's important? It's important. He said, well, you're going to feel bad about that. There, there's sort of a reason for feeling that way. To feel good about those things that could destroy your life. Right? So, so Jesus is grading the church. And in Revelation 2, 18 through 19, he says, he says this, I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. So uh, go ahead, bring that report card up. Here's Jesus' report card he gives to Thyatira. They get an A-plus in works, an A-plus in love, an A-plus in service and faith and endurance, patient endurance and increase. Anybody like that? You know, if I'm looking at that church, I'm thinking, what? That's why I want to go? That, that church is powerful, right? And, and I would agree, this is a good church. Uh, and, and I'm looking, I'm, and, and I'm glad to be at Freedom. Anybody glad to be at Freedom? I'm thankful to be at Freedom. And, and these words, if you walk through them, uh, a lot of this has to do with the way that they, uh, they are a family, the way they take care of one another. Uh, that that they, they are busy and they endure and, and, and persecution. Thyatira was another one of those difficult places to live where there was all kinds of uh, paganism going on, and, but the church stood strong. They served. They loved their fellow man. Uh, they didn't give up. They wouldn't quit. I love that. And, the, and, and increase. Somebody praise God for increase. Anybody thankful? So, you know, you can almost get to the place uh, where you just celebrate this. And I, and, but I want to, you know, I want straight A's. Anybody with me on this? I mean, last Sunday, all of our celebrations, all of our ministries, all of the increase, and, and, uh, and you just kind of get a, a word from the Lord, you know? Uh, you're holy, you're righteous. Come on. Can I just tell you, some, some, of, you, some of you don't want this because all, the only word you get is how bad you are. Look at me, I want to tell you something. You're a good church. You're righteous people. You love one another. You're a good community of people. You hold on to one another. You give. You're faithful. You keep showing up. Go ahead and give a hand to yourself for the good work that you do. Sometimes I need a, a word from the Lord because... When we read the words of Christ, he is clear and he gives us a word. And sometimes we get passing grades in areas where we think we have failed and failing grades in areas where we think we have passed. And the truth is that the truth will set you free. Thank you, Jesus. It's Thanksgiving. Somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Praise him for direction. Praise him for grace. Praise him for forgiveness. Praise him, praise him for forgiveness and mercy and healing. But, but we should also praise him for correction, praise him for judgment, praise him for righteousness, come on, 
Because our struggle with his powerful word is that often we want his direction, but not his correction. We want his grace, not his judgment. We want his forgiveness, not his righteousness. And his freedom and not his discipline. We want his healing, not his chastisement. Got that? Anybody ever been there? Praise God, I got direction from the Lord. Sometimes his direction is correction. Somebody give him thanks. You know, I was going when God, God corrected me. Man, God, God got my attention and said, stop that, Rick. Stop that. That's not the way I want you to do life. That's not what I called you to. How many thank God for his forgiveness, all right? All right, so we thank God for, give, for his forgiveness. His forgiveness, when we repent, we're forgiven, correct? And then we walk in righteousness. What? I thought we just got forgiven. But forgiven, forgiveness moves us to righteousness, correct? And thank God for his fr- freedom. Now, listen, now you're free to walk in the discipline of the Lord. See, I'm just messing the church all up. You got that? I want healing. How many have ever went through something and thought, Lord, what are you chastising me for? What are you allowing me to go through this for? Anybody been there? You went through a rocky place in your life? How many know God is a God of chastisement as well? Anybody know that? Okay, just so you know, he's a good God because God is good. I mean, we like trusting the Lord with all your heart. Proverbs chapter 3, you like that? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And, but that goes on. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Depart from evil. It is health to your flesh. Strength to your bones. Honor the Lord with your possessions. Oh, God, you set me free. You gave me a job. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. Lord, I just want increase. Well, give. Your bars will be filled with plenty. Your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, trust the Lord. My son, do not, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, just as a father the son in whom he delights. We should pray, Father, I want to know how I can please you and how I can live for you and how I can be a part of making disciples and building your kingdom. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody thank you, Jesus. Tell him, thank you, Jesus, for being honest. Come on. Thank you for being an honest Savior who doesn't beat around the bush. So he says all of this. And then uh, we move further, and we're just going to concentrate on the, on the E, okay? We've concentrated on this, and we're just going to concentrate on the last part. You know that, that part that's going to make you not be able to play video games anymore, right? Anybody ever get rewards for uh, good grades? Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever get chastisement for getting a bad grade? Anybody? Where'd all the hands go? Okay, there you go. All right? So uh, the Lord's going to get honest, and he says, now you did all this, but most of the letter, most of the letter, and this is what the Lord does, most of the letter is about uh, a woman named Jezebel. So Jesus challenges the church for tolerating Jezebel. He says, but I have this against you, but you get, you're going to get a failing grade in this area, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel 
who calls herself a prophet and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Now, now you might want to underline this in your notes. I gave her time to repent. I gave her time to repent. But she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, behold, I will throw her onto sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent of her works. What? Unless they repent of... I'm responsible for her? I'm, res, I'm, res, I'm responsible for you? We're responsible for one another? Man, I, you know, I like those first part of the first part of the report card. I just don't like this part. Because if I get honest with my brothers and sisters, they may go away. And then I'll lose my increase. What's God going to say? How many know God knows exactly what increase really is? Because sometimes you have increase that's not increase at all. Come on, just because you have a crowd doesn't mean you got Christians. Preach, Pastor Rick. Jesus. Wow. So just a little house cleaning here. Uh, anybody ever had a white glove treatment? Anybody ever had that? Come on, I got some military folks. Yeah, anybody got inspected before? Diana lifted her hand, okay? Her mama used to do the white glove treatment, all right? And uh, so we, we don't want that, okay? But what if, what if that one area that you chose to ignore was the area where the sickness was coming from? What if there was an area on the trim that, that you could stop an outbreak? That if you cleaned it, if you Lysoled it just a little bit, come on, used a little bleach on that area, everybody would be better. Okay, now you want the white glove, right? The inspection of the Lord of the church, he is saying this. You're doing well in many areas, but if you don't... If, but, but if you continue to tolerate a bathroom that you won't clean, it's going to get nasty around here. It, it, in this good and growing community at freedom of benevolent and loving people, we got to make, come on, we got to watch out for some stuff. And this is what Jesus is saying to Thyatira. He says, there's an individual who is coming among you among them, and you have tolerated her. Her name is Jezebel. Anybody glad that he says, oh, by the way, her name is Jezebel. Her, this is what her name is. Her name is Jezebel. I know where she lives. It's her address. I know about her, and you should know from your history what Jezebel does. Somebody named their kid Jezebel and brought him to church. After all you know about Jezebel. So, really two issues regarding the woman Jezebel. One, she calls herself a prophet. And two, you tolerate it. Okay? And Jesus says the problem, someone named Jezebel. Now, that speaks volumes because Je Jezebel is more than a name. All right? It's more than a name. Okay? Nothing wrong. Now, we do know about a little bit about Jezebel now. You can, you can look in 1 Kings chapter 16 and remember the story of a woman named Jezebel who was married to a king named Ahab. Ahab was a great king. Now, I know you say, no, he was an evil king. The Bible says he did more evil before the Lord than the other kings. Okay? 
However, as far as possessions, the only king that secured more possessions, more land for Israel was Solomon. David was third. Solomon, Ahab, and David. So you would say, as far as the numbers are concerned, this was a great king. The problem is, is that he was controlled by his wife, whose name was Jezebel. And Jezebel was murderous. She was an idolater. She celebrated sexual immorality. I mean, she did so many things that I, I, could, I could go through regarding her. But you can see just in the scripture, uh, first of all, uh, she was a daughter of Ethbaal, okay? Another king. You see what Ahab's doing, don't you? You see what he's doing? He's marrying somebody in order to have peace. Basically, he married Jezebel in order for, so that he wouldn't have to go to war against somebody else. So he, made, he, he, he married her daughter. You don't see what I'm saying right now. You see, sometimes, rather than going to war against those things that are in our life that are unlike God, we will, ration, we will marry them and bring them into our faith. That's what we'll do. We'll just go ahead and say, well, you know, I've been looking at the Bible. I don't think it says exactly what it says. I, I don't think it was translated right. We need to do another word study to figure out what immorality really means so I can feel better. You married something brought it in and then you wonder why your offspring act the way they do Jesus it's not Jezebel listen 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 it's not Jezebel it's the spirit of Jezebel anybody known that anybody seen somebody so beautiful so spectacular but you just don't want to be around them because of their spirit, their spirit, just, what's up? Always angry, always frustrated, always conniving, manipulating, intimidating, just don't think I want to hang out there. You say, I'm not talking about your marriage right now, okay, just, <laughs> maybe. Jesus, help me preach this. Jezebel did a few things. Now Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians. In verse 4 of chapter 18, this is just one of the things that Jezebel did. For so it was while Jezebel massacred the prophets of the Lord that Obadiah had taken 100 prophets and hidden them, 50 to a cave, and had fled and had fed them with bread and water. So here's what Jezebel does. She finds everybody that has a word from God and kills them. All right? Kills them. You ever been to that church that the pastor left like every year and a half? Okay? You know what that's a good sign of? Jezebel. Spirit, you know? Where you just can't lead. Where, you know what I'm talking about? Okay. So... There are a couple of incidents in the life of Jezebel that, that characterize her and may define what it has meant. One trait is her obsessive passion for domineering and controlling others, especially in the spiritual realm. When she became queen, she began a relentless campaign to rid Israel of all evidence 
of worship of Almighty God. She ordered the extermination of all the prophets of the Lord and replaced their altars with altars of Baal. Her strongest enemy was a prophet named Elijah who demanded a contest on Mount Carmel between the powers of Israel's God and the powers of Jezebel and the priests of Baal. Anybody remember that? So he goes up to Mount Carmel, and the Bible says that uh, Elijah said, the God that answers by fire will be the true God, and Baal thought they could do it. But a big old angel, I think, just kept blowing their matches out. I really do. But ultimately, God answered by fire. You'll have to look that story up yourself. And, uh, and then the prophets of Baal were slain. There was another incident uh, with Jezebel, and that was... Uh, she, there, there was a man who lived next door to the palace named Naboth who had an amazing vineyard. And Ahab wanted the vineyard. Naboth didn't want to give it to him. So Jezebel proceeded to have Naboth framed and stoned to death and his sons also stoned to death so there would be no heir for the vineyard. That was her modus operandi, okay? She murdered people. She murdered reputations. She murdered the message of God. Now, I don't want you searching for people named Jezebel. Ain't nobody named Jezebel going to show up here. What we need to be aware of is the spirit of Jezebel. Not a female spirit. can be a man or a woman. It is a spiritual condition that has a particular lust, a particular nature, a particular desire. She wants to control everything. She doesn't want you to let go and let God. She wants you to let go and let her. And the spirit is destructive. It is demonic. It is spiritual. Like Jezebel in Ahab's time, it is generational. I've often seen it in women, but I've seen it in men. It is a controlling spirit that you can't, listen, you can get it into your church and you can get it into your home. And, and so, I, so you know, before it was in the nation, before it was in God's house, it was in Ahab's house. And it moves by manipulation and intimidation. It is, here's how you know it. It's terrifying to confront. It refuses to sit and listen. It is my way or the highway. It is, it is, it always has the answer. And it is seductive. Right? So I've seen it in mama and her daughter and daughter's daughters. And I've seen it in daddy and his son and his son's sons. Jezebel wants you to think it's all about God. But Jezebel also wants to put an idol to herself in your house. Everybody worship me. So in, in Revelation, we find her name again in this particular scripture. And Jezebel's sexual immorality and idol worship is so infamous that the Lord Jesus himself refers to her. It may not even have been her name. It may not have been that there was a woman named Jezebel there. He just said, there's a woman prophetess. You see what I'm saying? She was just living out that life. So one way or another, it's time to clean the house. Clean the spirit of Jezebel out. He's saying, clean the spirit of Jezebel out of the church house. In the church house, her vehicle is false prophecy. And I, and I want to I deal with Jezebel, but please take note of this simple reality. Her vehicle for destroying the people of God was false prophecy, which we must always be aware of. In, in 2 Peter chapter 1, for no prophecy recorded in Scripture was ever thought up by the prophet himself. 
it was the Holy Spirit within these godly men who gave them the true messages from God. And then he follows up in chapter 2, verse 1. But there were false prophets too in those days, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly tell lies about God, turning against even their master who bought them. But theirs will be a swift and terrible end. Many will follow their evil teaching, and there will be there and there is nothing wrong uh, their evil teaching that there is nothing wrong with sexual sin. And because of them, Christ and His way will be scoffed at. Let me just say, I have experienced great pain in my life because of false prophets, okay? I have seen them. I have met them. I have had them touch me. I know them. Come on. I know. And I know that there are there those that are there. And some would say, Pastor, please don't bring this up. Listen, false prophecy is closely related to cockroaches. People just carry it in on their feet. Walk in the door believing things that are not true. It is the result of people who use fake spiritual gifts to contain, to gain control of careless people, telling them that they have a new word from God that is clearly in conflict with the word of prophets before them. A good illustration of this is a man named Carlton Pearson. Carlton Pearson is a false prophet, all right? Carlton Pearson, I know him, I've met him, I've saying in his conferences years ago I was a part of a movement called the Azusa Fellowship it was nationwide Carlton was like the pro protege of Oral Roberts he graduated there from the school had this great church in Tulsa but he decided that you did not have to believe in Jesus to be saved and he decided, he became a universalist, that there were many ways to Christ, and no matter what your sexual desires were, it was perfectly okay, come to my church. And then Netflix even made a movie about him, making him look like some poor martyr who walked up to some people who preached and wouldn't let him have his church. Thank God that that fellowship was dismantled. Thank God that people walked away from his church. Thank God that we know that he's a false prophet. I, I read years ago Francis Frangipane's book regarding the spirit of Jezebel and spiritual warfare. And, and uh, I learned that Jezebel constantly loved to show up. She doesn't just show up at church in your meetings. She'll show up in private meetings. The voice of individuals that would constantly challenge for control. In moments where someone would tell me, speak to me, try to intimidate me or manipulate me or challenge me on every front. There was a season where I became highly aware that if I was going to be the pastor of the church, I was going to have to stand... I was going to have to stand up. I was going to have to look up. I was going to have to listen to the Lord because, you know, for, for, for years and years, there were some that were more concerned about stained glass than tear-stained faces. And I, I was personally confronted by a false prophet who tried to literally take control of my life through lies and seduction. I've been there. Listen, Jezebel is terrifying. I can remember calling my father once and saying, Dad, what am I supposed to do? And, and just asking him to pray with me. Some of you would really say, listen, really? But, but listen, Jezebel... Jezebel in the Old Testament went through a drought called by Elijah. She, she had seen the false prophets of Baal destroyed on Mount, uh, on Mount Carmel. She had seen the rain and the power of God fall, but she still was consumed with herself. And she sent word to Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. 
She said, let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them that you, you killed by tomorrow about this time. Now listen, listen. Jezebel is given time to repent, but eventually her heart is so full of evil. So God will deal with her. She wants control, that's all. Listen, listen. She wants control. You have to know what you're dealing with because here in the church, there are people that are struggling. Before he manifests, Jezebel has to have a vehicle and Jezebel will start to enter into a heart and loves to enter into your heart through negativity and through complaining, looking for a crowd, very much like the spirit of Absalom saying, if I were king, this is what I would do. Listen, don't let that negative complaining spirit get a hold of your mind and your mouth. Throw it out in the name of Jesus. Throw it out. And listen, I don't, I don't, have, I don't see that problem right now, but let me tell you, spirit of Jezebel, if you're in this house, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Clean the spirit of Jezebel out of your house. Before Jezebel came after the prophets of God, she first of all got into the king's house. He possessed so much land. He was such a powerful king. But now, now listen, before you start pointing your finger at somebody, let me help you understand. Why is God against a controlling nature? Let me, let me tell you this. Uh, in my house, I am not in control. My wife and I are in control together. Anybody hear me? So I'm the man of my house. Okay, Jezebel. I think you need to be a man in your house. But if I have a controlling spirit, or Diana has a controlling spirit, in fact, this has been researched heavily, okay? When two people walk together in marriage, what is most satisfying in a marriage is when they can make decisions together. When they can do life together. Am I preaching to anybody in this room right now? Any one of you, point your finger at your husband and wife and say, no, this is the way we're going to do it. As soon as you do that, you know who just showed up. Jezebel takes the place of God in the lives of others. She, her control prevents trust and intimacy. Right? You lose trust for one another. Even intimacy is manipulation. You with me? In your home, the spirit of Jezebel presents a distorted image of God to your next generation. Um, just a strong-willed child that you have chosen not to deal with and wonder where it came from. Come on, someone. There is a movement in our culture that is destructive. At one time, it was chauvinism, but it's also feminism. Oh, I don't know if anybody wants me to say that or not. How many know chauvinism is sin? Feminism. Do you see what I'm saying? Come on. Come on, sister. God didn't call you to be in control. Come on. He called the two of you to come and be one. That's what he calls you to be. I've got to finish this. I know what time it is. So, 
Brothers, we're not better than our sisters. Sisters, we're not better than our brothers. And we must cast this spirit out of our homes. We must learn to talk together, love together, because we are killing the next generation. They are so angry. They want to control. Come on. You see what I'm saying? These, these, were, these were things that could have controlled my house. But, you know, Diane and I, we had some discussions before we were married. Because the fact of the mother, matter is that Diana's house, her mama was kind of controlling. Am I right, dear? Okay, she's not going to throw anything because we love her mama, okay? We're, we're, but, but I can remember going to the store with dad and dad looking over at me, Diana's daddy looking at me and saying, I said, what, what, what did she tell us to get? And he looked at me and he said, it really doesn't matter because whatever I get, it's going to be the wrong thing. <laughs> right? Just the way it was. But we had talked about this. Come on. And, and listen, this is a godly family. Her daddy is the best man I ever knew, and her mama loved Jesus and raised a good family. But I believe herein lies the struggles. Come on, it's Thanksgiving, and you're going to experience some stuff. You're going to get together with your family, and somebody's going to walk around and say, No, the fork has to be on this side of the plate. <laughs> listen, I don't even like the next passage in Revelation. I'm going to read this and close up in just a sec. Next, he says, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into great tribulation unless they repent. So I'm giving them time, but done with her. I will strike her children dead. I didn't even like that scripture. And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and heart, and I will give to each of you as your works deserve. Now that's, listen. Say this, repaid according to your works. Say it, repaid according to your works. Okay, so here's, here's what I want you to understand, okay? Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16, 27, For the Son of Man is going to come in the Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. How many know everybody doesn't go to heaven? Does everybody understand that? Everybody understand that? So you, you have to wake up because if, if, if I were to say, your children are going to struggle, you'd say, okay, but we'll get through that. Now I'm going to tell you something else. If you allow the spirit of Jezebel to control your home, your children will die. Are you awake now? Are you awake? Are you awake? You understand that this thing that you're fighting about is not just a behavioral difficulty? You say, no, it's just a strong will. Listen, listen, there is something that you can do in order to break this. Are you in agreement with me? Jesus is telling us that this faithless way of life is doomed. It has no future. You are abusing your children and abusing your posterity when you allow Jezebel to control you and your home and you use manipulation or intimidation or your angry ways or your attitude to control others. That's the spirit of Jezebel. Call it out. It's a good time right now to repent and say, God, that may be who my mama was or who my daddy was, but it's not who my house is going to be. It's a good time to repent. Revelation 2.24, i got to read this. But the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold to this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, I can't preach there right now, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast until what you, ha- what you have until I come. The one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end to him, I will give authority over the nations. You see what he's saying? I'm raising you up to give you authority over the nations. He says this, and he will rule them with a rod of iron as when earthen pots are broken in pieces, pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my father. And I will give him the morning star who has an ear 
Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And I just want to remind you in Revelation 22 who that morning star is. Jesus says, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. I'm going to bring you alongside myself. I'm going to give myself to you. Okay, stand up, and I'm going to close this. It's tough. This is a tough message. Anybody feel how tough that was? I was, I was, <laughs> I was just sitting in my office and focusing on it and thinking, man, what I'd like to do is get people whole that are struggling with this. That's one thing I want to do. I don't believe that in this room that I'm dealing with those that, that can't repent. Somebody thank God for repentance. But here's what I want you to know. I believe that nearly every house... Every house has struggled with this spirit. Nearly every house has struggled with it. Can I get an amen from somebody? But when it comes to that spirit of Jezebel, if, if I could find it, I'd just tell them to stand up here next to me, and then I'd open the side door and throw them out. I was, I was sitting there thinking about it, and what came to mind was crazy Joe Clark. Nobody knows who I'm talking about? Fair Eastside. You remember that scene in Eastside, Lean on Me? Where Joe's got this school that's failing in every area. They can't pass their test. But they got all these kids that they've given chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. And he just puts them up. He calls an assembly, puts them up there. And then he just gives them the what for. And he says, I wrote it down here somewhere. Uh, no, I can't even, I didn't write it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. He says, you're done. <laughs> and then he got called into a meeting afterwards because the parents, some parents were upset because the parents didn't want to do anything about their children. They thought the school was supposed to do that. Thank God for the school. We need something to transfer our bad parenting to. We really... See, that wasn't nice. Is that okay? Is that okay? Joe said, when Dr. Napier came to me offering this job, I saw the lightning flash. I heard the thunder roll. I felt breakers crashing, swamping my soul. I fell to my knees and I cried, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the Lord said, Joe, you're no earthly good at all. Unless you take this opportunity and do whatever you have to do. And he didn't say, Joe, be polite. Do whatever you have to do to transform. I love that. Morgan Freeman, he did that. That was great. Transform, transmortify this school into a special place where the hearts and souls and minds of the young can rise, where they can grow tall and blossom out from under the shadows of the past, where the minds of the young are set free. And I gave my word to God. And I'm not going to say what he said after that. And I threw, anyway. So. And of course, in the story, some of them are redeemed and come back. That's what you got to do with Jezebel. Are you ready? Let me help you with this. What do you do? What do you do to defeat Jezebel? I've told you about one. Repent. Listen. Somebody shout repent. Shout repent. repent. Where in the world did anybody get the idea that they could overcome the devil without repentance? Where did we get that idea? Come on. Let's just find a new way. No. Somebody shout repent. Repent. 
He didn't say, I just get, I gave her time to think about it. No, I gave her time to repent. If there is trouble in your home right now, come on. If there's trouble, if there's trouble, it begin, the answer is repentance. Repentance. Somebody shout repentance. Listen, I've seen families overcome nearly everything imaginable. But it only happens when somebody repents. Walk holy. Why? I can't do that. Yeah. When you repent, you change the way you walk. Repentance is not, I'm sorry, but I'm going to keep doing the same thing. Somebody shout love. You got to start walking in love. You got to love God and you've got to love each other. And then you have to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. You say, I can't listen to the Holy Spirit. Really? You listen to the devil for so long. Right? Why is it so much easier to listen to demons than it is to heaven? Why is it? Because we're so into the flesh. And then, I like this, effective boundaries. Somebody say boundaries. Boundaries. I'm going to affect some boundaries. This is good. I'm counseling good right now. No, this is not what we're going to do. Well, what if, what if somebody runs up to me? What if they get back to that place? Hey, let's, let's pray right now. I'm not going to pray. Okay. That's a, that's a good boundary then. Okay. That's, I know where you are. You see? We're going to repent. We're going to come back to God. Uh, we're going to let's pause and listen to the Holy Spirit and see what God's word says about what's going on right here. I don't care what God's word says. Okay, I know you are. But God's given us this time to repent. And then effective boundaries. With your children, how many know you have to have effective boundaries with your kids? But they don't like my boundaries. That's probably why they're so good. You see? You might say, no, what, that's just good counsel. What I'm doing is teaching you how to defeat Jezebel because you don't want Jezebel to gain control in your house. Can I get an amen? amen. Bow your heads with me. Let's thank God for his word. Just begin to thank him. Thank him. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, I want my prayer team to come forward and stand here with us. Come, Holy Spirit. You've spoken to us today. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, I want those who are struggling. Some of you are struggling in your homes and your marriages and your families. I want you to come for prayer. For those of you who are struggling with control, there are control issues in your marriage specifically. Take your husband and your wife by the hand and say, baby, we need to pray right now, all right? And, and, and come down. For those of you in your own life where you can feel negativity, where you know that there is more complaining than celebration going on in your life, where it seems like there's more anger than there is love, I want you to pray. Listen, I'm calling you right now, and I rebuke the enemy who says, it's not you. I rebuke that. I rebuke that because there are those who are struggling. You're struggling in your marriages, in your homes, and I'm calling you now. While we play some music, I want you to come and stand with us. Come swiftly. Come, Holy Spirit. Do this good work. Do this good work. Do this good work, Lord Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Heal families, heal marriages. You're a parent and you're struggling with your children and you know there's some control issues going on. You say, well, they're just teenagers. Stop saying they're just teenagers. It's not that they're just teenagers. We've got to break some things. If you need prayer, come forward. We want to pray with you as well. Come on, come on. Listen, there are those of you who need to give your lives to Jesus. Let's pray together. Come on, let's pray. Father, shout it, Father. 
I believe in you. I believe in Jesus. I declare, Jesus is my Lord. I repent. I turn from my sin. I accept the work of the cross for the removal of my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for removing the sin from my life. Come into my life. Live inside of me. I accept you as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give thanks to God for our salvation. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Listen, I love you all so dearly. Um, thank you for receiving this word. How many believe the word will make a difference? Anybody believe the word of God will make a difference in your life? Amen. Receive this. Walk in it. May your homes and your families be restored and be healthy. May your children grow into godly men and women. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. You may be dismissed when you choose.